y'all. I'm Donna. I'm Carrie. And we are a pair of normal chicks. Episode two. Woo! We made it. Episode two, we didn't get eaten up by ghosts <laughs> because we opened a portal. Right. By telling stories about them. When I was editing it, I'm sure a ghost was fucking with me and my internet <laughs> went out. <laughs> well, but. since we've been telling the stories, I feel like I have seen stuff out of the corner of my eye. And I know it's because I have blonde hair. Yeah. And there's like a hair hanging because let's be honest, I haven't washed my hair in like four days. <laughs> so it's been in a ponytail <laughs> and has crazy flyaways. Um, And so I know it's just the hair that I'm seeing in the yeah. corner of my eye. But I'm like, oh, is that a ghost? It's the ghost of dry shampoo. It's a <laughs> The gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> so I think we should start off by saying thank you to Nathan Sumrall, who is amazing and did our intro. That yes. creepy, creepy piano. So intro. Oh, my gosh. So good. He's awesome. And so we just wanted to give a shout out to him again. And also to Jason Daniel, who did our yeah. artwork. So good. Oh, my God. I love it. Yes. And it's just what we asked for. Well, we really didn't ask for a whole lot. We just said, here's some pictures, make us look creepy. And we want to do like freak show kind of stuff. Yeah. And he was perfect. And those glasses he gave me, I want those. On point. Yes. You saw the nails that are coming out of oh the Oh, my rims? gosh. Yes. I want some of those for real. You would be like... You know how they say to, like, carry your key between your fingers yes. when you're walking somewhere in case you get attacked? <laughs> you don't need that. You can just yeah. pull out a nail. Mm-hmm. I will nail your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved that he doesn't even know that I love the evil eyes. Uh-huh. And he gave me, like, three. When um, last fall, when I was doing my residency in Salem, Massachusetts, uh-huh. I went to this place called the Black Cauldron. Oh, perfect. Right. I know. It like draws you in. Yes. Um, but the lady who owned it is a Wiccan. Oh. And so she has all this, you know, like, what are those things called? The uh, gems, the jewels. Um, oh, crystals. Thank you. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> the crystals and like the incense and the books and the tarot yeah. cards and all that. But she had some um, evil eye jewelry and I got an evil eye bracelet. Oh, oh, yeah. And I loved it. But one day it just like broke. But like not the clasp, but just like in the middle of it, it just broke. And so yeah. when I went in there the second time, I was looking at him and I told her, I was like, you know, I only had it like two weeks and it broke. And she was like, it breaks when it protects you from oh. an evil, anything evil, someone casting a spell on you. Or yeah. even if it's just like something bad going to happen, like it protects you. Yeah. And so... She was I was like, oh, so I shouldn't fix it. And she was like, no, yeah, you should fix it um, and wear it again because it's protecting you. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that or that was all a lie. And she <laughs> was trying to not like refund money, even though I yeah. didn't ask for that. <laughs> no, I totally believe in that kind of I stuff. I do, too. I really do. Of course, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't. Right. But. And I want to learn more. That's also why I wanted to do this podcast to actually, I guess, have a reason for it to be my hobby and True. to learn more stuff. Yeah. Well, and you know what we didn't talk about last time was why you like paranormal stuff and why I'm into true crime. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be important, right? Right. <laughs> do you want me to go first? Can I guess what your what yours is? Okay. Because I think it's the same for both of us. Okay. Our moms. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So my mama was like hardcore OG murderino. We had a police scanner. We had the codes up on the wall right beside it. So we would know we wouldn't have to go anywhere. You didn't have to Google it because Google wasn't a thing right, then. Right. We had dial up. By the, when you had the scanner, I don't even think it was. It might not Didn't have even been. have dial up then. 
We would also chase ambulances. Oh my God, y'all are those people. Yes, yes. If it was really bad, we wouldn't do it. But yeah, we would load up no matter what time, what we were doing. Like, let's go. God love that woman. I know. She had her special seat at the table because we lived by the police department. Yeah. She had her seat at the table where she could see everything. Like... She would just sit there and watch the police department. Yeah, drink her coffee and at the time smoke her cigarettes because that's what she did. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that time that you stayed over the first time and you didn't know that we had the police scanner? It moved to my mom's room. Yes, because the police scanner like woke me up in the middle of the night and I'm like, what is that noise? (laughs) And I'm waking up and I'm like, bricker, bricker, one, nine. I got a two, four, (laughs) ten... 4K, 10-4, good buddy. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And so come to find out, because finally I think I asked. Yeah. And um, come to find out it was the police scanner. So <laughs> you. me with the true crime, because my mom was OG too. Yeah. And she loved Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> And I look, she has Murder, She Wrote on DVDs and we still watch it. When I moved to Houston, I had like a full DVR all to myself <laughs> and I recorded. I had a um, series recording for Murder, She Wrote and I have seen every single episode. That is great. I love that show. It made me like an armchair detective, like I'm yeah. an amateur sleuth over here. For sure. I think I know things because I watch Murder, She Wrote and I watch Lockup. That's hilarious. I know all things law and order. Well, I watched that show too. (laughs) You know, you used to watch like SVU back before it was like the thing to do. Yes. You were kind of the OG with that too. (laughs) You would watch and you would watch like the real law and order. You watched them all. Yeah, I watched them all. Yeah. You know, shout out to Jerry Orbach. He was, Which one was he? Was he the guy, the... um? He was Dirty Dancing's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Order. Yeah, that's what I, that's who I thought it was. But I always get him and the guy, Munch, from um, SVU confused. Oh, yeah. So I have a point of clarification okay. from last episode. So, oh, Lord. I know. We already have one. But so apparently when I was talking about Vernon Dahmer and his family sleeping in shifts... Yeah. People thought I said ship, like, uh, <laughs> like I'm on a boat, like a ship. And no, I said shifts, like day shift, night shift. They slept in shifts. Yeah, they had a houseboat. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, dry docked. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, so So that's my um, my accent must have come out serious on that one because nobody knew what I said. That's okay. They might not have known anything I said. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes the accent just comes out and it's just like in full glory. Yes. And sometimes it's not so much. Yeah. To us. I mean, to the people listening in like Sweden. Yeah. Shout out to Sweden and the UK. We saw the download. Yes. Oh, my God. We are international. Yes. So excited. Should I take that singing on the road? That was pretty good. <laughs> For sure. Okay. I'll be your hype girl. Yes. Everybody needs a hype girl. Yes. All right. Quit my day job. <laughs> going to become a podcasting singer. You want a sneak peek of what I'm going to do? Yeah. Because I know you're going first, but I got a teaser. Okay. Tease away. The Giggling Granny. What? I've never heard of her. Me neither until I found her. All right, you want to go? Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm doing the Sally House. It is known as one of the most haunted places in America. Uh, really? Yeah. I've never have, heard of it. Well, it's right next door. Stop it. Okay, it's not. It's in Atchison, Kansas. All right. Mm-hmm. And if you want to Google map it, it's at 508 North 2nd Street. 
you might see a ghost if you look in it. Uh, the house was built in 1867 by Michael C. Finney. It stayed in their family's possession until 1947. That's a long time. It's a long time. So long, in fact, that four members of the family are known to have died in that house. I'm going to guess those are the ghosts? Maybe. Okay. Um, after that, there were a few people who stayed, rented a little bit, but they never stayed too long. It's not documented why they didn't stay. Well, I can tell you why they didn't stay. Why? For his family members are dead in there. <laughs> yeah, they might not be the friendly ghosts like Casper. Oh, Casper. Devin saw the heartthrob of the early 90s. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I was so in love with him. Yes. Casper, that movie was like sleepover porn. <laughs> like every time. The other one was Now and Then. Oh, yes. When he and his brothers in the movie were like, they stole their clothes and they were like naked running. Yes. Love that movie. Yes. And Christina Ricci got to make out with him in both movies. I know. Jealous. For real. Although he didn't age well. No, he, he didn't. didn't. God love him. I know. Bless his heart. <laughs> That's Southern for we're going to be an asshole, but then sort of kind of feel bad, but not really. Right. (laughs) Okay, so it's not Casper the Ghost, but I'm going to tell you the legend behind the house. Okay. All right. In West Philadelphia. Born and raised on a playground is where I spent most of my days. No. Okay. Sorry. In 1905, Charles Finney, one of those Finney boys, lived there and he was a town doctor. Ooh, gotta love a doctor. Mm -hmm. So he had his doctor shit downstairs. (laughs) And his family lived upstairs. (laughs) Define doctor shit. Because all I'm picturing is the Fisher Price little doctor bag (laughs) with the like fake. (laughs) Probably that. Maybe something else. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So his clinic was on the first floor. Yes, that's a word. his family lived on the second floor. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, sometimes words, they fail me. (laughs) It definitely painted a picture, though. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, doctor shit downstairs. (laughs) And knock, knock, knock on the door. It's this mom, and she has her six-year-old daughter, whose name is Sally. Hence the Sally house. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that she's going to die. Or she became famous and became a millionaire and bought the house and it's named after her. Yeah, that's totally it. Okay, so he is like, all right, this severe stomach pain you have, I think it's appendicitis. And we have to operate ASAP. He might have said stat. Oh, yeah. He knows his doctor shit. Knows his doctor shit stat. (laughs) So, all right. She panicked when she saw all of his medical utensils because she's She's six. six. Yeah. Yeah. Jinx. So he had to hold her down to try to give her ether. Oh, poor baby. Yes. So he didn't wait long enough or maybe he didn't get enough in her system. But when he started to cut on her, she screamed, of course, because she's (gasps) up. And he continued. Oh, see, okay. uh, uh, That is one of my biggest fears about surgeries. Like you hear about those people who the anesthesia like doesn't work on them, but they're like, they look like they're under the Mm -hmm. anesthesia. They're like paralyzed. Paralyzed. And so they can't tell you, but Mm -hmm. like on the inside, they can feel all of it and remember all of it. That like every time in my life I've ever had surgery, I think about that. Oh my gosh. Well, mine's the IV. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you and needles. 
So the reason why he didn't stop is because he thought her appendix would burst and that would be worse. But she died on the table. Oh, my God. Yeah. From blood loss and shock. Well, yeah. Yeah. So everyone's saying the last thing she saw was this man torturing her. Poor baby. Can you imagine? No, and that's not like the Southern Bless Her Heart. That's like a true like, oh my God. Yes. Bless her heart. (laughs) So back to the future, 1993. Does it come with a DeLorean? (laughs) Yes. A couple moved in. Their name is Tony and Deborah Pickman. They were expecting a child. So they had got their nursery done, and it's upstairs on the second floor. Not with the doctor shit. (laughs) Um, I'm assuming the doctor shit was moved out. Yeah, they moved his little pail away. (laughs) Just, I mean, it was a quick move. It was just one (laughs) little bag. Yes. Well, their dog would sit in the nursery and, like, and just bark and growl all the time. Before the baby was born? Yeah. Oh, uh -uh. Mm uh-uh. And their cats would look up at the ceiling all the time and, like, follow stuff with their eyes. No, uh uh-uh. Yeah. Mom and dad's dog does that. He'll sit in the living room and he'll look at this one corner. Only one? Yes. Every single time he's looking at this one corner, like behind their recliner. Yeah. And I'm like, Bruiser, what you looking at? And he like doesn't even look at me when I talk. You know, usually when you say their name, they at least like turn and look at you. And he's like, "Mm -mm, I'm looking in this corner. That might be your grandma. Could be. But I think he he did that before she passed. Yeah, he's been doing that for a long time. Well, I would get some sage. (laughs) And sage that bitch. Yes. So there were some moments when the appliances would go off like timers when they weren't set. Um, And then one night, their living room, the light dimmed, but it wasn't a dimmable light. And they were both sitting on the couch watching TV. So they weren't playing a prank on each other and their TV was fine. So it wasn't the wiring. Yeah, I was going to say, so it wasn't like the power almost went out and then changed its mind. It was like... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So there was that. Well, things started to get more serious when their baby Taylor was born. He would wake up every hour on the hour as if someone was playing with him. And all of his musical toys and his mobile would come on at random times. Mm Mm-mm. And so they were exhausted from all of that. So they moved him out of his nursery and into their room. One day, her neighbor, Carol, asked why they kept the light on in the nursery. And Deborah was like, um, we don't. And he's not even sleeping in there. He's with us. And Carol was like, no, it's always on at night. That's crazy. Yes. I wonder if it looked off to them. On the inside, because so there's this house in Hattiesburg that's haunted that um, during Christmas, because it's downtown and they decorate the inside for Christmas. Yeah. And people can go in and tour it because it's like an old historic home. And one time it was last year, my brother-in-law took my nephew and his little girlfriend there and the room was lit on the outside, like the light was on, Uh but on the inside it was dark. Whoa. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if it looked... Like it, the light was on for the neighbor, but on the inside, they never thought that because yeah, they, it was dark to them. Wow. Yeah. I bet so. I wonder why. I wonder what that's about. I don't know. Wow. Well, since they were sleep deprived, Deborah's sister came to help them with the baby. That's nice. Yes. And um, the baby slept fine when it was sleeping with the sister. Nothing was wrong. So it was definitely in the nursery. Yeah. Something was going on. So one night they all went out. So they came back and they noticed the nursery light was on. And so Tony went up to get it. Well, then he yelled down, Deborah, Karen, come up here. And so then they came. And 
What they found were teddy bears in a circle on the floor. Their backs are facing each other, so they're looking out. What? Yeah, like cult of the fur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They were like, okay, well, we didn't do that. Maybe it was your brother because he lived next door. So they kind of chalked it up to that, and they put up the teddy bears, turned off the light, and were going back downstairs, and... They heard it click back on. So when Tony looked, he was like, oh, well, maybe I didn't turn it off, you know? Yeah. Went back up and there was a teddy bear on the floor again, like (gasps) on its back. What? They put him up? Yeah. So they were like, okay, well, maybe it fell, you know, like trying to. big gust of wind on the inside (laughs) of your house. Yeah. Trying to reason with it. They They have to stop trying to reason things away. Yes. Yes, their dog tried to tell them. The dog knew it from the jump. Yes. So they all slept in the same room because it kind of freaked them out. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So the next day, Karen left and they tried to make sense of what happened. So they called over his brother and kind of told him, like, it's funny that you played that joke. And he's like, no, it wasn't me. Yeah, because Karen knew what was up. Yeah. She she was was like, like, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So his brother... Still didn't think it was anything. You know, he was going to be funny. And so he said, all right, well, if there's a spirit here and you're real, do you want me to take your picture? So he got out his camera and when he clicked the shutter, you know, to take the picture, a teddy bear that was by the TV turned around. What? Yes. And at that point, the baby, Taylor, started crying. (gasps) So then they're like, all right, let's go to Tony's parents' house. Get out of here. Collect ourselves. Get the baby. Calm down. You know, so on their way there, Tony was like, you know, I felt like I got stung by like a a bee, a bug, something. Yeah. And he, you know, whatever. So they get to the house and he pulls up his shirt to see what bit him. And he had three scratches on his (gasps) back. So that all happened at the same time. Teddy bear turned around. Taylor was crying and he got scratched. Oh my. See, you know what? That damn brother trying to taunt them. Yes. You know, like be nice to ghost, please. Ghosts are people too. (laughs) They're dead though. But they once were. Maybe. Was a demon ever a person though? I don't know. (laughs) Stomp drawn. I was going to say, I didn't have an answer for that. (laughs) So, okay. Then they invited a psychic named Barbara over and she said she felt a presence of a little girl and she liked to be called Sally. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said that she was a prankster, but she liked the family. Well, that's good. You don't want a person who doesn't like you. (laughs) Yes. So she didn't feel like they were in any harm, and especially not Taylor, because she really felt that she liked Taylor. Well, that's good, because that's the baby, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, she said that they need to be firm with Sally, but also have patience with her, with all of her little pranks as she liked to call as it. a six-year-old would yeah so uh she also said that if they got sally toys she might not play with taylor's and you know the cult of fur wouldn't happen again <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, gosh so deborah did get her gifts and deborah was kind of excited because she always liked the paranormal and so she thought it was kind of cool like oh we had this little girl ghost you know and yeah, so it's all fun and games until they set up a cult with your teddy bear yeah <laughs> yes so So Tony was really nervous, though, because he was very Catholic and kind of always thought like ghosts were evil. 
So yeah. he's not seeing this as a cute thing. Yeah, because Catholics are, uh, they believe in, like, possession and stuff. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I saw the exorcist. Yes. Um, after Barbara's visit, the activity became harmless again. The TV and radio would turn on and off. Candles would burn on their own, and they'd have, like, fingerprints in the wax. <gasps> yeah. Um, their lights would still flicker. One thing that I was like, oh my God, OCD Donna does not like this. Their pictures would be turned upside down in the hall. Oh my gosh. I would be like, um, can you not do that? Well, maybe as long as they were straight. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That well, throws off the feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one morning, Tony was getting something to drink. So he was getting the glass out of the cupboard. When he turned around, he saw a little girl that was not dressed in 93 kind of clothing. <gasps> like she didn't have a windbreaker on. <laughs> <laughs> a neon windbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> so he fucking dropped the glass and it shattered. Oh, my God. And she's gone. <gasps> Yeah, so he, like, runs up the stairs, probably yelling, like, Debbie, Debbie, because you know that's probably what he called yeah. her. Maybe, like, Debs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know he said Debs. Maybe Deb. <laughs> Maybe Dee Dee. I don't know. Okay. Um. So he told her, like, I saw Sally, and he, like, couldn't articulate, like, I can't. And <laughs> <laughs> he was an artist, so she said, draw what you saw. And she's, like, super jealous. I was about to say, she's probably busting the seams, like, oh, yes. my God, you got to see her? Yes. And so she's so cute. She has brown eyes and brown kind of curly hair. Aww. Um, I have a picture, and so I will put that in the show notes on our website. Like, of the drawing? Yeah. Oh, cool. So um, our website is aparanormalchicks.com. <laughs> so fast forward a little bit, and at their Christmas party, Tony's brother... You know, the trickster. Ugh, his brother. I know. So everything was going okay. They're about to get their coats. Then he noticed some flames coming from this little doll that had like the mop head. Yeah. Kind of like hair. real flames? Yeah. Like a little, like little fire. It wasn't like huge yeah. flames, but. But a doll was on fire. Yes. And so since the bathroom's upstairs, uh, he was able to quickly yeah. put it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they believe that was. Sally's way of trying to get attention. She was a little bit of a pyromaniac, yeah. this girl. <laughs> Lighting the candles with uh -huh. the fingerprints and the doll on fire. Yeah. Okay, so they scolded her, you know, trying to be a parent. Because Barbara told them to. Yes. It's all Barbara's fault. Uh, they scolded the spirit and they told her to put the fire in the oil lamp they have in the living room because they felt like that would be more concentrated and controlled with the glass around it. And not catch the whole house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so did they think like that was just her trying to get their attention or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So she did do that a few times where she actually listened to them and responded in the way that they wanted to. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So now I'm about to take it down into a really sad place. And I'm very sorry, but I have to say it because it's just so. Uh oh. Oh, okay. Please don't tell me anything happens to their baby. Um, <laughs> spring 1993. Deborah was late for work. So she goes into the dryer to get some clothes. I mean, like we all do. I was going to say, isn't that how everyone irons their clothes? Yes. And she, what I picture is that the hamper's in front of the dryer. Uh -huh. And so she's like sifting through the clothes to get what she needs to wear. Mm -hmm. Some of it is in the hamper now. She leaves and then Tony wakes up trying to be a good husband, sees that the laundry is out, puts it back in the dryer, turns it on, and he's going to vacuum. And so while he's vacuuming... 
Sally keeps turning off the vacuum. And so he's getting pissed. Yeah. And so he screams at her to leave him alone. He finishes. Then uh, Deborah comes home and she, you know, probably after they eat, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. She's doing the laundry. Well, when she gets all the clothes out, she notices that there's like a dried blood stain on (gasps) a lot of the stuff. And then she fucking freaks out because it was one of their cats that got in the dryer. Yes. He yelled at Sally was just trying to tell him. Yes, that's what Deborah thinks. Isn't that so freaking sad? Yeah, I don't even like cats and that's sad. It's so sad. Like, I kind of might have teared up when oh I read that. Gosh. Well, and like, poor Sally, she he yelled at her and I all know. she was trying to do was get his attention. I know. How is he supposed to know what For she was real. trying to tell yeah. him? But still. Ugh, broke my heart. Okay, so... One night, Tony, Deborah, and one of their friends, Renee, who was a psychic, they all were going to cleanse the house because Renee kind of thought this might not be a like a friendly ghost. It might be something else just posing as a child. Oh, my gosh. So she's like, all right, let's smudge the house and we'll cleanse it. So when they got to the master bedroom, Tony was scratched again. And this time he was thrown to the ground. (gasps) Deborah went over to try to help him, but she couldn't get him up because he was pinned down by something invisible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they couldn't get him up. And so after several times of Renee being like, let Tony go in the name of God, (gasps) he finally got up. In the name of God worked? Yeah. So So, maybe not a sweet little girl? Right. 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 So then from then on, it became a little bit more weird, if you can believe it. Uh, Tony had a weird dream that he was being pulled out of his bed by a spirit grabbing his wrist. When he woke up that morning, he had three marks burnt into his arm where that spirit had him. Oh, my gosh. Tony is like, oh, yeah. my gosh. He's getting the brunt of yeah, it. Yeah, they, sure. they're like destroying his body. Yeah. OK, so here I need to mention that they were on a show called Sightings. And this was like back in the day like discovery channel i'm guessing because i didn't research all about that (laughs) (laughs) um but they were on several episodes with them and they witnessed tony being scratched they witnessed the cold spots the weird fires that would pop up sometimes like they have video of it Mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah and like one time they're interviewing deborah and there's a rose behind her and it starts to like be burnt (gasps) oh yeah Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Oh, my. Could you, like, what would you even do if you were, like, the cameraman <laughs> that doesn't, like, who's probably like, I don't believe in this shit. I'm just, yeah. it's a job. Yeah. Oh, my God. So crazy. They had a guy named Peter James, and he's a world-renowned psychic medium. And he said there's four portals in the Sally house. There's one in the dining room, like in the corner of the dining room, in a basement, there's a hole in the wall. He said that's a portal. The upstairs south bedroom and the nursery. A portal to what? Hell. Shit. Yeah. Like, don't need that. Could you imagine being like, oh, there's one in the nursery where my child was sleeping that was right. always disturbed and couldn't sleep? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my god. So crazy. He also said there were different spirits in the house. Too. So that kind of makes sense if Sally was 
a nicer spirit. And then there was another meaner one meaner that was one. burning Tony. Yeah. So the TV crew seemed to make the spirits mad. And so more things kind of amplified. One of the psychics asked who was in the house. And then Tony felt a burst of cold air. And they looked at his back. The initials MC were scratched in it. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then to top it off, his back, the back of his shirt caught on fire <gasps> for a moment. Yes. How do you stop drop and roll? Right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I do have a picture of the MC on his back. So what they found out was Sally was just the prankster, but there was an older woman who was fond of Tony and she was the one who was attacking him because she couldn't have him. So what really started to happen was that she started brainwashing Tony. And so Tony started wanting to kill Deborah and feel anger towards her. And he even admitted that he was thinking of slicing her throat. (gasps) Yeah. And he knew it was wrong, but he couldn't really control his emotions. And at the same time, Deborah was kind of being brainwashed by Sally she felt to be maternal yeah and so she was still holding on that it was Sally and not someone else you know and he is you know being evil Deborah also said one time Tony was laying on the couch and she was on the other side of the couch and he was asleep like dead asleep and he sat up looked directly at her and in a strange voice said he's mine (laughs) And then he fell right back to sleep. 30 minutes later or so, he woke up and had no idea. She let him sleep for 30 more minutes. I'd have been like, get your ass (laughs) off. What the F did you just say to me? Right. Do you remember that? I mean, like. Oh, my gosh. So they finally moved out when Tony was shoved so hard on the stairs that he almost missed the banister and he would have fell over it and died. Oh, my gosh. So then they were like, okay, this is legit. Not, you know, like a scratch is a scratch, but this is death yeah so they left did they like own the house no they were just renting oh uh -uh. Uh uh-uh uh-uh i break that lease in a second yes it's not like oh my uh -uh. (laughs) Uh uh-uh that's all i could say (laughs) one website said that after it was publicized about these occurrences one of the residents said she had a five-year-old daughter and she had an imaginary friend named sally Whenever she would get in trouble, she would say, Sally did it, or Sally made me do it. Wow. And she just thought she was being a little kid, but With then, an imaginary friend. Yeah, but now knowing all of that, it's like, oh, whoa. Yeah, there really was a Sally. Yeah. After the Pickmans moved, there was another family, but they didn't complain about anything paranormal, which was kind of odd for it just to stop. Yeah. Um, however, when their landlord visited one time, I think they might have moved out or mm-hmm. just not been there. He went down to the basement and he found a pentagram drawn on the floor, an altar and a black robe. Like they were Satanists or yes. something? Yes, apparently she performed rituals, they might think, I cannot confirm. So allegedly, (laughs) she performed animal sacrifices. (gasps) Yes. Well, I mean, how they know that? That's why I said allegedly. She wanted to welcome more demons in. Why? why? And so she was right by that portal. She had a welcome mat. (laughs) (laughs) So now the house is empty, but it's open for tours and investigations. And there's been several TV shows that's went there. Um, and they've all witnessed sounds of the phantom furniture being moved, cold spots. And everyone that goes in there kind of feels uneasy. Yeah. 
Uh, one I watched was Ghost Adventures, you know, on Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. I think they brought Tony back to the house with a psychic to see what they could find. And when they got there, she told Tony that they were calling him in the basement and wanted to come, but she didn't think he should go. Yeah, well, with the portal and the pentagram. <laughs> yeah. So um, he kept being drawn to the basement. And so they finally went. He said, like, the urge to go was so great. Um, So they go down there and he makes sure not to get where the pentagram was. It's like a black smudge now where they try to paint over it, but you can see the outline a little bit. So he tried to not get there. Well, the psychics there standing beside him and the cameramen are behind them. And all of a sudden she starts to faint because she's like saying that she's not feeling good. And Mm -hmm. Tony is saying, you need to leave this house. Whoever you are, you need to leave. Well, she starts to faint and then you see Tony kind of look behind him but there's just a wall yeah then he catches the psychic because she's fainting towards him and they leave you know whatever when they get up there he's like you know something got me and well they look and he's got a burn on the nape of his neck (gasps) it's like a really bad burn with your straightener or oh my gosh or curling iron oh my god what why do they keep burning him yeah and it's like it's weird how it always all happens at the same time like yeah before like with the camera and the baby crying mm-hmm. and then him getting the scratches and then now she's fainting and he then it happens it's like yeah what that says to me is that that spirit is powerful very powerful also they set up stuffed animals in a circle in the nursery and one of their cameras caught one of the bears swaying on its own what yes like that's enough for me they need to get those gusts of wind (laughs) that nursery taken care of right and so zach the lead guy he even went over there and like kind of jumped to see like yeah if something could do it and it did not move so wow yeah also there was a lady who was a paranormal investigator but she also volunteered there and she was asked to be on ghost adventures when they filmed her name is denise pridemore and she said that after ghost adventures she started getting scratched pushed on the steps her hair was pulled and her clothes and jewelry got knotted up in front of guests when she would be on a tour oh my gosh yeah and one night she said she was sweeping up and a folding chair flew across the basement (gasps) and almost got her she said it was about four feet in the air oh my gosh and then it just acted like it hit a wall but it was nothing and fell before it got to her i wonder if it like stopping like that was another spirit that was like like, protecting her that was like no don't hit her with this yeah another investigation i I watched some of it's from live sci-fi.tv and they had some EVPs and a ghost box that they communicated with, which a ghost box is like a souped up radio that scans channels really fast. So it's kind of like a computer voice sometimes mm-hmm. that answers, but it gives the spirits a way to communicate more. Tim, one of the investigators, he was talking to a spirit on the stairs. So he's at the bottom of the stairs and the spirit box is in the middle. And so he's like yelling to it. And he got words saying, demon, devil, and kill Tim. The scariest thing was he asked the spirit, what do you think of Jesus Christ? And it replied, Fuck him. I gasp when I watch that. Just like that? Yes. 
like you, you like you watched it and you heard the spirit say yes. that. I'll link it in the show notes. I don't even have words for that. Right. Like he decided to stop the session. Abort mission and yes. run. I would do he, the same well, thing. Well, he didn't run. Oh, Lord. Because, you know, they are professional. Well, later on when they were in the basement, he was standing where the pentagram was. Uh-uh. Don't stand in that. I know. And he got scratched, you know, after it kept saying to kill Tim. Yes. He didn't die, but <laughs> what good? But yes, so it was so creepy. Whoa! Mm-hmm. So that is the Sally House. Holy cow! Do you want to go? Uh, yeah, I'd go. <laughs> I do too. And I'll bring a little teddy bear and be like, "Cult oh, of uh-uh, fur." Uh-uh. Here you nope. go. Nope, nope, nope. Don't bring. Don't. That's taunting. You like the dang brother? Uh huh. Well, you know what? I do a build a bear. Now that shit's expensive. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd go, but during the day. Yeah, definitely during uh, the day. Oh, God, I don't know if I could go to the basement part, but there's portals everywhere. So I guess what's the difference if you went to the nursery or the basement? But I I damn sure wouldn't stand in that pentagram. No. Nowhere near the wall with the hole that's a portal. All right. So on to the giggling granny. Mm -hmm. Her name was Nanny Doss. Oh, like Doss Prompt? Okay. Cricket, cricket. (laughs) (laughs) All you computer nerds out there, you know. Oh, so it's like the thing back when before Windows when you'd have Uh to do like the C colon slash slash Mm -hmm. DOS. Yeah, I Uh remember that. Okay, it's all coming back to me now. Okay, so Nanny DOS, she was born Nanny Hazel um, on November 4th, 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. 1905? Uh Uh-huh, she was young. Uh, That's when Charles Finney killed Sally. Shut the fuck mm-hmm. up. Yes, girl. That's in Alabama, not Kansas, but I'm just saying. Wait, 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 wait. Kansas uh, skirt. <laughs> she, I think, with one of her husbands lives in Kansas. Oh. Yes, Emporia, Kansas. Mm. Maybe they're all related. <laughs> That's so crazy. Right. Okay. Blue Mountain, Alabama to James and Lou Hazel. Okay. So... She grew up on a farm, and her dad was an asshole. He was a drunk and beat them, beat the kids, and, like, forced them. Of course, back then, kids worked on the farm. That was norm. But he would, like, education was very low priority for them. He didn't really want them to go into school. So she dropped out of school in sixth grade. Wow. Yes. So when Nanny was seven years old, she was on a train, and it stopped really quickly, and she fell forward, and she hit her head. Oh, no. And we know... From our favorite podcast. My Favorite Murder. Yes. That any kid that has a brain injury is predisposed to becoming mid. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, she so she was seven. So, she suffered from migraines and blackouts and mm. really bad depression Gosh. for years after that. So, in order to get away from her dad, who was abusive and just, you know, fun all around, yeah. um, she married a guy when she was 16. Oh. Gosh. Yes. She wanted to get married quickly because when she was growing up, um, her dad wouldn't let her let the daughters have any interactions with boys. Oh, wow. They weren't allowed to um, wear dresses like, well, pretty dresses. They weren't they couldn't wear makeup, anything. He didn't want them to have any thing to make them look and feel pretty yeah um and so they also just couldn't they weren't supposed to have any social interactions with the opposite sex well let me just say 
people, please do not do that to your kids because that only makes things worse. Yes, because they want to know what they're missing Mm -hmm. out on. And so they go to the extreme. Yes. When you deprive someone of anything. Yes. It gets so bad. Uh, Like the Amish with the Rumspringa. Yes. You deprive them. They go nuts on Rumspringa. Mm -hmm. Or or that family that the brother molested the sisters. Yeah. The um, Duggars. Yeah. Them. You deprive them of education about sex and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so they have natural urges like anybody does and they don't know what to do with them. And right. so they don't know right from wrong because they don't talk about it. Yep. Wow. Okay. And it ruins people's lives. So when she was 16, she, like I said, she wasn't allowed to do anything with boys. So, of course, what does she want to do? She wants to read all these magazines. And she uh, really liked like the Lonely Hearts Club section uh-huh. of the magazines. So while she was working, she was working at a factory, and that's where she met her first husband, Charlie Braggs. Is he a bragger? (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Okay, so they started dating, and within five months, they were married. She was trying to get away from her dad Mm -hmm. that was a shitty human being, but she ended up getting in the same situation with old Charlie. And not only was Charlie bad, his mother, so her Mm mother-in-law, was awful and was really controlling and manipulative. Ugh, a monster-in-law? Yes. Oh, my God. Ah. She was a monster, and so was he. And so she's in the same exact situation as she was at home with her parents. Yeah, she's a magnet for abuse. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, too, is that not only was she, her dad, abusive, her mom, like, ignored it. and Ugh, that's just as bad. Right. It's And so she didn't have that safe place in her mom mm-hmm. because her mom was just oblivious well i think she knew she wasn't oblivious to it she just chose neglected yeah exactly so she so nanny and her husband charlie start having kids in 1923 and then so they have four kids and then they start taking care of the mother-in-law well he was already taking care of the mother-in-law so they have the four kids and the mother-in-law and like i said he was abusive he was adult he was an adulterer and so she would actually to deal with it she started drinking, too, and would go to the bars, and she was having affairs, too. Oh, really? Yeah, she was like, if you can do it, so can I. Wow. Women are just as good as men. If you can bone people, I can, too. Yeah, but two wrongs do not make a right, people. Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> don't cheat on your husband. Husbands don't cheat on your wives. But she was like, fuck you. If you're going to do it, I will, mm-hmm. too, then. So, of course, their marriage is doomed, right? Yeah. Well, in 1927, after she gave birth to their fourth child, the two middle children um, suddenly died of what the doctor said was food poisoning. And like the you ate a bad chicken, not like arsenic. But people, well, not necessarily people, mainly her husband, suspected Mm -hmm. that she did it. Yeah. And so he said, you know what? I think that she killed these um, these kids. So he took the oldest daughter, Melvina, and left. Wow. But left the mom, left Nanny with the newborn. Well, because he didn't want to take care of it. Probably. Yeah, because the daughter was probably potty trained and all Mm -hmm. that. And so he was like, uh, that's hard. And maybe even back then she was probably like breastfeeding and stuff. I don't know. Did they really have like formula and stuff? I don't know. I wasn't alive then. No, me neither. (laughs) Oh, and the other thing too that he did was he left the newborn, but he also left his mom with her. Dang, savage. Savage. He was like, I'm going to take this kid, but sorry, mom. You got to live with a murderer (laughs) or suspected murderer. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. So not long after he left, his mother died. Um, Oh, no. I know. Food poisoning? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> his damn chickens, you got to cook them all the way. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. So after his mom died, Nanny stayed in the house for about a year. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to come home. But guess what? I'm bringing my girlfriend. Oh, God. So he came home with the girl, with the daughter and his new girlfriend. When he got back, they got divorced. And she took both of the kids after that. So he was like, got his divorce and was like, okay, you can have them. Even yeah. though you probably killed those other two, just take them both. <laughs> wow. I got this new girlfriend. Just take them both. Yeah, new family. Who dis? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So they got divorced and she moved, she took the two kids and she moved back in with her parents. So you know shit had to be bad if she oh moved back gosh. in with her, her dad. So Charlie Braggs ended up being the only husband of hers that didn't die. Dang, he's lucky. Yes, very. He better thank his heavenly father above that he met that girlfriend. Yes. Okay, so then she's all alone again. And, you know, like I said, she likes the magazine section <laughs> things. Classified. Pre-match.com and farmers, the, farmers only. only. I mean, she was a farmer. <laughs> she would probably be on that site. Mm-hmm. City folk, they just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so she starts corresponding with a few different men that had advertised on there. And that's where she met her second husband. And at the time, they're like 23 and 24. So they get married. And um, she takes Melvina and Florine. Florin, I don't know. <laughs> um, Flo. We'll call her Flo. Okay, and they go live with him in Jacksonville. Oh. So poor, poor nanny. I mean, sans the fact that she's a murderer. <laughs> but she got another winner. Oh, yeah. no. So he was, again, nothing like the romance novels that she had read. He was also a drunk, was in serious debt. And his favorite pastime was bar fighting. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So he was just an all around wonderful man. Yeah, she's got to learn not to, you know, judge a book by the cover. She's got to read the pages yeah, first. Like, don't get the cliff notes. <laughs> There's usually a word limit yes. in a magazine or a news <laughs> clipping. She needed Google for real. Yes. Um, okay, so they, but they actually stayed married for 16 years. Whoa. Yeah. She liked the bar fight. Maybe she liked a little rough around the edges and a little, maybe she liked her hair pulled and all that stuff. I mean, get it, girl. shades of gray. Yes. With a little alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they were married for 16 years. And so while they were married, um, her daughter. Melvina. Uh-huh. Dang. Good memory. Ooh. She had her first child. It was a son named Robert. And... Two years later, she had her second baby when it was a baby girl. But like right after the baby was born, it died unexpectedly. And they didn't know why. So later on, Melvina said that she when she was in labor, she was in and out of consciousness. And um, because her delivery was really difficult. Yeah. And she thinks that she remembers seeing her mother stick a hat pin into the baby's (gasps) brain. A freaking hat pin? Yes. One thing I saw said a hairpin, but we're going to go with hat pin because that seems sharper and would actually penetrate into the brain. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This, like, brand new infant. Like, why? That's exactly what I was just about to say. Why? She had, you know, she let this other son, this baby Robert, live. There was no proof that that's exactly what happened, but nonetheless, the baby died. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it was her. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Totally her. Okay. So then... Just a couple of months later, she was taking care of Melvina's son, Robert, and she and Melvina had been getting in fights because she didn't like Melvina's 
boyfriend. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. So while she was taking care of Robert, he died of what doctors said was from asphyxia. Oh, no. Yeah, and they didn't know why. After Robert died, she collected a $500 insurance policy on him that she had taken out. And so it's like, I wonder how much $500 like would be now and now's money. Yeah. Um, Three months after baby Robert died, Frank, her husband, dies. He just suddenly becomes ill and dies. Mm, food poisoning. Must have. So Nanny would later tell the story that Frank um, came home drunk and raped her. Oh, God. Yeah. And so the next day, she took revenge on him and poured poison into his corn whiskey jar oh and that that and that she said then said that she watched harrelson die of a a painful and miserable death wow so again it's like murder is never the answer right but golly i mean these Mm -hmm. you know the stuff that she went through with these men that triggered her from her dad it's like yeah you can see why if i mean especially with her with her brain injury, I'm sure her executive function isn't yeah. top notch and she's not processing all of that super well. And, you know, it's like she can't get away from this nightmare. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after Frank died, she was like, okay, I'm going back to the classifieds. I'm going to find true love this time. <laughs> this time is going to be it. And it worked. Oh. Yeah. Two days after she met Arlie Lanning, they got married. But yet again, poor freaking nanny. Just like her late husband, he was an alcoholic. Oh, God. But luckily this time he wasn't violent. Well, there's that. (laughs) Yes, but he was an alcoholic. And so to deal with it, she would just take off for weeks and months at a time. About two years after they were married, he suddenly became ill and died. Oh, food poisoning again. She needs to learn how to cook. (laughs) (laughs) okay except this time the doctors were like you know what there's this flu epidemic going around much like this year and don't get any ideas people (laughs) right so he had fever vomiting and stomach pains and so we're like you know what it was either the flu that's going around or the fact that he was an alcoholic and maybe he just died of like liver failure yeah something like that way to assume people i know so he died and jokes all nanny He didn't leave his house to her. It was left to his sister. Read the fine print, girl. Yeah, girl, got to get you a prenup. Yes. So Nanny was going to be shut out of luck on the house because Mm -hmm. the sister was going to take ownership. So two months before the sister was supposed to take ownership, the house burned down. Oh. Yes. So Nanny got the money from the house burning down. She's calculating. She knows what's up. Yeah. She knows how. She's like, look, I'm going to take a life insurance policy out on my grandson. (laughs) I'm going to take a life insurance policy out on everybody. Yeah. I'm going to burn this bitch down. It's going to be mine. (laughs) Instead of her romance novels, she pretty much became a James Patterson novel. She went from, what's that lady's name? Oh, um, Danielle Steele. Yeah. From Danielle Steele to James Patterson. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, okay. So, after the house burned down, she went to live with her mother-in-law temporarily. But then she got the insurance check. And so, she was like, bye. I'm out. (laughs) So, then she went to move in and live with her sister, Dovey. Dovey was dying of cancer. Aw. I know. And so, right before she was going to go live with her sister, though, Mm -hmm. her mother-in-law that she was staying with died in her sleep. Oh, gosh. So Nanny goes and takes care of her sister, Dovey. Guess what? What? Dovey dies, too. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It was that damn flu. Uh, You know, flu, the chicken. (laughs) One of the two. Somebody get pork. (laughs) Swine flu. Nope. Stay away. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mad cow, damn. Become a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so after her sister Dovey died, she was like, okay, I'm going to do this husband thing again. I'm going to give it another shot. And she was like... I'm not going to do it through the classifieds because that hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. I'm going to join a singles club. Oh, Lord. They had those around there? This one is fancy. It's called the Diamond Circle Club. Ooh, Diamond Circle Illuminati. Stop it. Yes. False. <laughs> we can't. Please don't come kill us, Illuminati, with the portal that we just opened with the last story. Right. Oh, Lord. Okay. S-O-S. <laughs> If you're hearing this, please make sure there's an episode three. Or if not, we're dead. So this is where your Kansas comes in from your Uh-oh. last story. She meets her fourth husband, Richard L. Morton, and he lived in Emporia, Kansas. So they got married in October of 1952. And she moved to Kansas. Unlike all of her other husbands, Richard Morton was not an alcoholic. Oh, well, good. But he was a philanderer. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So... She still hadn't hit the jackpot. Yeah. So when she found out that he was had a side chick that was uh-huh. his old ex-girlfriend. Oh, that's even worse. His time was limited. Mm-hmm. Also, because again, she's she's the one that's like, if you're going to cheat, I'm going to cheat. So she yeah. already had her sights set on another man from Kansas. His name was Samuel Doss. Oh. And you can guess, because her name's Nanny Doss, what had happened. Before she could take care of Richard, though, before she could get him, you know, killed off, her father died. And her mother, Louisa, came to visit because her she was going to take care of her mother because she after her dad died, her mom had fallen and broken her hip. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, "Okay, I'll take care of you. Come live with me. Don't do it. Go to an old folks home. (laughs) Yes. So within days of her mother getting there. She started complaining of severe stomach cramps. Oh, my gosh. So we can guess what happened. Yeah, that damn chicken. She did. Oh, and all of them die of stomach pain, too. It's yeah. like, hello, that's arsenic. Right. That's like classic arsenic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I watch ID. Of course. Apparently, these doctors don't. No. So then, three months later, her husband, Richard Morton, dies of the exact same stomach cramps. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then she's free to marry Samuel Doss. Mm-hmm. And then Love she of does. her life. Yes, Samuel Doss. So they pack up and they move to Oklahoma because Samuel Doss was in, in Kansas before and his wife and none of his kids were killed in a tornado. Whoa. I know. Can you imagine? No. Like, not only, like how do you even, like, when you have multiple people that die at once that are, like, the love of your life, his wife, yeah. and then nine children. Like, how do you even cope with that? Like, I don't yeah. even understand how you mourn that. No. Like, do you just mourn big or do you like mourn each individual person? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how does that how does that work? I don't know. I, I don't want to find Thank God out. that we don't know how. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So because they had all died in Kansas, he, when they got married, he was like, let's get the hell out of here. Let's go to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which they do. And she finally hit the jackpot with him. He was not an alcoholic. In fact, he didn't drink. Awesome. He was a Nazarene minister. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> I just know the word minister. Yeah. And so he didn't drink. He didn't ha- have affairs on her. He oh, wasn't okay. a womanizer. Yeah. But guess what? Oh, gosh. What? That wasn't good enough for old Nanny Doss. Oh, my gosh. She wants a drama. She didn't like that he didn't drink and didn't. You know, he was kind of a plain old Joe and yeah, he, but he was, yeah, he was very conservative. Like they went to bed every night at 930 on the dot and she wasn't allowed to watch television shows that were a little more promiscuous. Oh, she's got to watch Ricky Lake. Well, (laughs) (laughs) 
Sally, Jesse, Raphael. That is not the show I thought you were going to say. Because in my head, I was about to tell you, like, she couldn't really read her romance novel. She, like, she wasn't allowed to read romance novels. She couldn't watch, like, love stories on TV. So that's where my head was going. Yeah. And then you busted out with Ricky Lake. Oh, my God. That is great. The other thing that he did was he kept the purse strings pulled. He was very tight with his money. Ooh. And you know how she loves her money. She will burn a bitch down for some money. <laughs> She and will. so she was like, I'm not having that. Doesn't sit well with me. I'm out. I'm going to Alabama. Yeah. But he loved her so much that he was like, okay, if you come back, I'll put you on my checking account. Oh, bless his heart. That's not the answer. She's no. going to get on your checking account and then you did. Yeah. Did you not ask her about how her other people in her family died? Because. Well, it was the flu, Carrie. And that true, was true, an true. epidemic. True. Maybe they had like a um, like a like a chef, too, or like a cook in the home. Yeah. Because maybe he was like, it was a chicken, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. Okay. I'll get a chef. That's the one thing we can splurge on. I'll get a chef. She probably didn't even tell him that she was married. Before. Four other times. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? They didn't have the Google. No, they did not. He could not find the court records Mm-mm. with the click of a mouse right a flick of the wrist (laughs) (laughs) okay so when she got access to the money she definitely took on the role of like the caring kind of doting wife you know just she was so loving and oh we'll take care of you man why don't you take out two insurance policies oh gosh and he did and then he did and of course made whole her the sole benefactor of it well he has no one else true well it didn't say all of his kids died oh it just said nine of them god how many did he have well it was like 1950 when all this happened so probably a lot i mean he was a minister maybe he didn't believe in birth control maybe not and that was around the time that the pills were coming out too birth control pills so i mean i don't know he could have had 15 kids for all i know maybe he was like the duggars too I love that this article that I read said almost before the ink dried, like so dramatic. <laughs> he that so almost before the ink dried, Samuel was already in the hospital with guess what? Stomach pains. That's it, stomach pains. So he was in the hospital for two weeks, but made a full recovery. Oh, well, good. Yeah. So she's stupid. You got to kill them while they're in the hospital, too. You can't just stop poisoning them. No. Because then what happened next is exactly what people go, hmm. Because he comes home the very first night he's home from the hospital. She makes him this big home-cooked meal. Oh, gosh. And within hours, he dies. Oh, my gosh. So, of course, that perked up the doctor's ears because they were like, okay, he was sick. He came here. He was fine. He goes home and dies. Yeah. Two plus two is not equal in four here. She should have gotten his tray, Mm -hmm. put some jelly with some poison, Mm -hmm. been like, oh, here's a biscuit. I buttered it for you. (laughs) Eat it up. (laughs) Just, uh... Take that tray from the, from the people who deliver it. Well, he can't say, get out of bed. I mean, what's like, he going to do? Run? Right. I mean, stick it in his IV. Something <laughs> like you kill them while they're in the hospital still. So people don't guess. Yeah. Right. Don't kill anybody, people. Yeah. We're not. But if you're going that. to, this is not. <laughs> she didn't do it right. Right. OK. So he dies the first day. The, the doctors are like, that's not right. Something's up. And so they said, let's do an autopsy. And she was like, no, let's not do an autopsy. But they see these doctors were good. They tat at her and. Like stroked her ego uh-huh. and were like, no, but, you know, it will be so great for for others if we know how he died. You know, we'll be able to save other lives and you will you would be the one that created that and helped us do that. And so she was like, OK. And they found so much arsenic in his organs that they were like, it was enough to kill 20 men. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, it so no five. wonder. So well, <laughs> 
<laughs> Damn. Four, because the first husband got oh, away. True, true. <laughs> yeah, so they were like, oh, okay, well, she did this. So no wonder, because if you think about it too, like the first time she poisoned him, he didn't die. He went to the hospital for two weeks. Yeah. But this time she was like, no, fuck that. We're not doing that again. Here's all of the arsenic in the country yeah. right here. Put it in your Amazon Prime it. <laughs> yeah, you see, and, and this motion that I'm doing, that's the arsenic's in the salt shaker, oh. apparently. He's salting his food. I don't know why I'm doing that with my hand. So, of course, the police bring her in for questioning because they're like, uh, enough arsenic in this man to kill 20 people. We got some questions. Um, it was a chicken. Okay, so when they started questioning her, though, it, she confessed to killing four of her husbands, her mother, oh my God. her sister, Dovey, her grandson, Robert, and Arlene Lanning's mother. Oh, my God. So she did not confess to killing her two kids originally when mm-hmm. she was married to um, Charlie. Yeah. What was his name? Bragger. Yeah. Dang. Way to be. <laughs> um, so she didn't confess to killing those two kids and she didn't confess to killing the baby that her sister, I mean, her daughter thought she killed. Yeah. So I haven't said anything about her being giggly, right? Right. Okay. I mean, she might laugh when they're dying. She's like, Mwah-ha. okay, she probably didn't <laughs> laugh like that. <laughs> oh, God, I kind of had that laugh. <laughs> Don't eat the chicken. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay. So she loved the spotlight of the trials or the like being in the court and all that with the murders. And so when she would be interviewed and any like pictures of her and footage of her from from that time, she would just be like cracking up at everything. They would ask her questions. She's like, ha ha ha, they're dead. (laughs) You know, and so that's how she got the giggling granny because she would just would make light of it and make all these jokes and stuff. And the people were just like, this is so fucked up. Yeah. So she would always joke about like killing her husbands and she would make jokes about like putting the arsenic in her sweet potato pie and oh my god yes and so one one thing that um one quote of hers that i did find though was that she said because the other thing her other nickname was the lonely hearts murderer oh because she loved those classified thank you one of the things quoted her saying i was searching for the perfect mate the real romance in life and so like that's why they would call her the lonely hearts killer too because she was always looking in those classifieds the lonely heart section and Mm -hmm. all that and she kept finding her dad basically yeah these men who were just pieces of shit who drank all the time and Mm -hmm. i mean you do you as far as drinking but don't beat me and rape me and you know do all that crazy stuff because you're shit face you know yeah So on May 17th of 1955, she was 50 years old at the time. And like I said, she confessed to killing Samuel and all those other people. But Uh she was given life in prison for killing Samuel. She wasn't tried for any of the other ones because why spend taxpayer dollars for trying her for people that she's already confessed to killing. So in 1963, she had been in prison for eight years and she died of leukemia in the Oklahoma State Penitentiary. Oh, so that's it. Cancer gets everybody. Uh, You can't. Yeah, except for her sister. (laughs) Oh, cancer did not get her sister. She got her sister got got. Oh, my God. (laughs) By her. Mm -hmm. You know who she reminds me of? uh, Giggling grandma is the girl who killed her boyfriend and he was Mormon. Oh, um, Jodi Arias. Yes. Yeah. How she liked the limelight and how she acted strange. Yes. But, you know, but if you look at both of those, they're kind of similar in that 
Nanny Doss was treated like shit by all these men. Yeah. And that's who she killed. And Jody Arias was, oh, that's so terrible. I can't remember his name. I always hate that when you can't remember the victim's name, but you can remember the murderer's name. Yeah. That's awful. But she was his dirty little secret. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like shows about her being his dirty little secret. I mean, that's what it's called. Yeah. Um. And so that that's his name, Travis Alexander. Yes. Um. And so she, you know, he did that. He did that to her, too. And not saying that any of these men deserve mm-hmm. to be murdered because of those things. But um, that's just a similarities in it. You know, Travis Alexander had this other girl that he was seeing that was Mormon and was mm-hmm. they were not they were saving themselves for marriage together and all this stuff. But it's like, meanwhile, he's stuck in. Jody Arias and yeah. you know and telling all of his friends like oh she's crazy but he's still uh-huh. sending her dirty pictures and she's sending him dirty pictures and they're still having all these rendezvous meanwhile yeah. he's trying to live this pristine Mormon life and she cracked yeah well you should not be a side chick because that's what happens true because you always get hurt true you always get used and that's why guys should not have dirty little secrets because they can kill you. Yes. Okay. So I have to tell you this. That reminds me, though, of like the loving yourself more than being the side chick and all that. It reminds me because my work BFF, Kim, she is obsessed with National Geographic Channel right now. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, whatevs. And she was watching this thing on beetles. Um, so what this one type of beetle does is that the female beetle climbs up to the top of the tree Mm-hmm. And when she's when she's in heat, I don't know. The beetles go in heat. She's I don't know. Whatever. She's ovulating. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and so she's in the top of this tree, and so all the male beetles start climbing the tree to get to her. Uh-huh. And like the like, so like, let's say I'm a male beetle and I'm climbing, and I see another male beetle. I'm gonna fight him and throw him off the tree, and then oh. I'll like keep climbing. I'll see another one. I'll fight him and throw him off the tree. So the only like the top alpha male beetle gets up to the top, yeah, to meet her, and then they can mate to reproduce. Yeah. Then he pushes her off the tree. But <laughs> but we're going to stop the story there and be like, be the female beetle that yeah. all these, these men have to, I mean, not saying like, oh, make them work for it, but care about yourself and love yourself enough that yes. you're that female beetle that you're not the side piece. Yes, for sure. And that's something we can all learn. Definitely. So, yeah. How we, we got? I was like, how do we get on Jody Arias? That's that's a good one though. Good backstory and mm-hmm. the psychology piece to it and all of that. Yeah, I agree. And I'll do the ghost of Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. But, you know, I really do feel bad that I had to, like, stop and think about his name for so long because that is one thing about doing podcasts like this. And, you know, we do. We focus on the murderers, and which is part of why the first episode I focused on Vernon Dahmer and not his murderer because want to remember the victims and the victims' families. And, you know, what's my soapbox Uh is the victims' families include the family of the murderer. Yes. Not just not just the people who are murdered. Yeah. Everyone's life. Because that. Yes. And it's like. Like, I feel like society, we as society, tend to blame the family. Like, mm-hmm. if guilty by association. Yeah. And they're most of the time, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not going to generalize, but a good bit of the time, they're just can be innocent bystanders too that are just yeah. as surprised and just as heartbroken. It's a loss for them as well. They have the right to mourn their life being forever changed. For sure. Just the same. Like, ID has that new show. Um, is it, um, I think it's Evil Lives Here. Yeah. That show is so good. Yeah, it is. And it is, sometimes it'll be victims who, maybe it was their spouse that was 
you know, mm-hmm. torturing them and also killing. But sometimes it's like a parent or yeah. a sibling of a murderer and what their life was like. And, you know, I think that that show does a good job of shining the spotlight on their families just as much of a victim. Yeah, I like that, too. That was um, <laughs> kind of a sad. I hate that. I don't want to end like on that. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Yeah. So how do we end it? Sing a song since you're going to be touring on your podcast singer thing. Hmm. <laughs> bye, kidding. bye, bye. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, no, funny. that's not. Let's not end on that. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was pretty great. <laughs> I channeled my inner JT. Mm-hmm. What was the other guy's name? See, I always ask you people's names. I'm not put you on the spot. Sorry, because I don't remember anybody's damn name. Uh, J.C. Chavez. <clears throat> yes, that's exactly who I was thinking of. Joey Fatone. What's the guy who was from here? Lance, Lance Bass. <laughs> that's so funny. I was an NSYNC fan, not a Backstreet Boy fan. See, I was a Backstreet Boy fan because I was like, uh, they were the Ridge, <laughs> and who are you? NSYNC was like the more clean cut version yeah and backstreet boys like they're gonna get you pregnant <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i liked them <laughs> but i did love Sorry, new kids Mom. on the <laughs> but i did love new kids on the block oh girl yes mm-hmm. i remember when my two oldest sisters because i have three sisters i mean i know you know that but they don't know that so i have three sisters and my two oldest sisters got to go see them and i think it was in new orleans they got this where the concert oh, wow. was and and Casey and I, the sister of mine that's closest to me in age, were so jealous. <laughs> I mean, I was I was probably five at the time. Yeah. At the, I mean, oldest. And I still remember, like, sitting in the house and being like, when they got to go. And I didn't. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, my mom's going to let them take a five-year-old to New Orleans yeah. for a, um, almost a Backstreet Boy concert. <laughs> New Kids on the Block. But I sure did wear my shirt when they were gone there. Right. I had a shirt. I had a birthday cake that had them on there. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I had a comforter set. And oh my a gosh! I also had Barbies, and they had sex. <laughs> what? The fuck? <laughs> what? But they would just—I told you they were bad. Oh my God! <laughs> but they would just like lay on top of each other in the bed. I didn't understand it. I just knew to new what... kids on the block they would have sex. No, I had the Barbie doll of new kids on the block. Oh, <laughs> like what? Donnie and my. What? <laughs> I did not understand. I'm like, that I'm was sorry. like the song that they boned to? I don't understand. <laughs> no. It was the actual person, okay? Oh, you had Donnie? Yeah, I had Donnie. I had Jordan. That was Tiffany, our friend's favorite. That Jordan was my favorite, too, I think. Um, but who was my... He was a curly-haired guy. Joey. Joey. Joey, Joey was um, my heart. Malone? No. Joey McIntyre. Oh, same thing. It was an M and an A. <laughs> no. Joey McIntyre. Love him. You know, I watch a show that they do, and it's their cruise that they have every year. Stop it. And I want to be a blockhead, and I want to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not going with you on that, unless it's free. Oh, it's not. If you pay for my, 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 if you pay for my, <laughs> we'll cut there out. goes that accent again. <laughs> um, but if you pay for my trip, I'll go. Okay, no. Because that's like, <laughs> like I'm thinking like $1,600 or something for that. It's probably. Or like 3000 I don't mm-hmm. know. But a lot. We'll stick to Carnival. <laughs> I mean, I'll stick to just watching it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh, that's too funny. Okay. So I guess that's it for episode two. Yep. We've um, done it. It's in the book. So don't forget to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Subscribe. Leave us a review. 
And then follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever social media you use, or all three whatevs. <laughs> yes, on Instagram and Twitter, we are The APC Podcast. And so we have two things on Facebook, though. We mm-hmm. have our page where you can find our episodes, almost at our website. That, too, has <laughs> linked. But And then we also have our closed group so that um, if you want to post stuff that you may not want your 80-year-old grandma that's your friend on Facebook seeing you post um, in their timeline, you can join our group that's closed um, so that you only see what's in the group and that all your other friends can't. That's how Facebook works. (laughs) Hashtag how it works. So now that you've had your social media lesson for the day. Yeah, you're welcome. We will catch you next week. Awesome. Bye. Bye.